Hi everybody, welcome. This is MG. And I'm Elizabeth Pudwell and we are Sober Sisters Talk. Welcome. Welcome. I'm so happy today. Um, so just wanted to remind our listeners that Sober Sisters Talk is, is about MG and my experience in living our lives in sobriety, you know, taking this thing out for a test drive on a daily basis. <laughs> Right, and I like to say that I don't know how to keep anybody else sober, but I just know that what works for me. So I don't want anyone to think that I'm an authority on anybody else's sobriety except my own. I try not to take anybody else's inventory, try to stick to my side of the street. I have a completely different view there. Like, I know how to keep people sober. (laughs) (laughs) I love to take people's inventory. I would much rather take someone else's than myself. Right, right. Well, you know. But, you know, I will tell you, like, every time we sit here and you say that, I remember, oh, my God, Liz, listen, you know? Yeah. So, thank you for saying that every time. Because I do, I feel like, not me. Right. Well, I mean, you know, it's, uh, I think that you're honest. And I think that, you know, to that own self be true. And uh, and I feel that everyone has to find out what works for them. Right. Yeah. And what works for me might not work for other people. You know, there are a lot of people that really enjoy and go to a lot of meetings. I don't like to do that. I like to sponsor people. I like to read the literature. I like to work with uh, others in terms of like doing this podcast. I like to take phone support calls. I love to do things like that. So, uh, so that's sort of like my perspective. And that's what we're here for because we do both work different programs and we do things differently and things that work for some people don't work for others. And that's what we want to remind our, our listeners that, you know, that's, we're not here to be authorities. We're here to share like what we do. We work, we both work multiple programs and we want to, we want to share it. And it's helped me. Like, I love doing it. It's like. I don't know how many listeners we have, but um, I think we are gaining in downloads, so that's good. Yeah, yeah, we're very excited. So do you want to introduce our guests? I do, I do. So one of my favorite things about doing this podcast is inviting people here. Um, We have had some great guests, um, especially lately. So, But today, um, this particular guest is a member of our fellowship here, and um, I have been watching her. I've known her for, how long has it been? Nine years? Ten? About ten, yes. Ten years. Mm -hmm. And um, watched her grow in the program. And right now, she is spot on with her program and dating. And she worked a a different SLA program than you and I worked, Mm -hmm. which Mm -hmm. I'd love for you to talk a little bit about that, how you found it. Mm -hmm. And um, we can start with that. So I want to introduce... I don't know her by this name, but she's going to call herself Alice. Alice. Hi. Alice. Hello, Alice. Welcome to our podcast. Yes recovering person so will you you know you you I know you worked um slaw how tell me tell our listeners how you found that and what it is okay so slaw how is just more of a rigorous version of the regular slaw program um so there's an OA how program where people that are overeaters um choose to go that direction and Spell Don't. out the acronyms. Oh. Well, what's OA it? is overeaters. How is honesty, openness, and willingness. And the people that I've met in recovery that do the OA How program, they just seemed like they were more sober with their food. They weren't struggling all the time with their mm-hmm. weight. Mm-hmm. And they didn't eat sugar or flour. So there was like some rules that 
some black and white. Some black and white. Yeah, yeah, black and white. So just like alcohol, you just can't drink. With SLAA, it's more of um, your own personal, uh, like your own personal sobriety, which is which like is your self-defined mm-hmm. bottom lines. Yeah, it was too gray for me, so uh-huh. I needed more black and white. So when I came in in 2009, I did it the regular way, and I really don't feel like I was ever completely sober until I found the How program. So I just Googled it, and I found it, and it was and like... And you heard about it, somebody said they were doing no, it? No. So you just were like, hey, this How is working for these people and this Overeaters... I'm yeah. gonna look for it. And so, how did you? What came up? I just, I just found there was an SLAA how in the UK. So, wow. I just downloaded everything. It took me about probably a year to get on one of the Skype meetings because I was, it just felt hard. Like resistant. Yeah, I was resistant uh-huh. and having to download Skype. There was a lot of like steps I had to take, but I finally pushed through. And I got on the uh, Skype meetings. I wasn't real comfortable at first because everyone was like in a different accent, you know, all over the world. Oh, yes, they're talking like this. Yes, yeah. and all kinds, like from all over. And the mm-hmm. time zones confused me. I wasn't sure what GMT meant. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I guess y'all do, but I didn't. So anyways, um, I was lost, but I finally got it, and I found a sponsor in 2017 in the summer. I started working with her. And she's still my sponsor. So I feel like I've been really sober since about May 2017. So what was it about, what's the difference that that appealed to you that besides the, you know, you I'm, I'm guessing you self-defined, you told your sponsor what your bottom lines are, and then you had some way to adhere to that? How did she know? Oh, okay. Well, the difference is... Um, so the first seven days you have to go over these bottom line questions so you answer seven seven days so you talk to your sponsor every day for seven days and you answer all these questions from the pamphlet it's a it's a whole uh booklet yeah it's a whole booklet yeah so the first seven days kind of helps you and your sponsor figure out your patterns by the seventh day you write down your bottom lines and my sponsor would like have me just write like two or three because i was wanting to write like 10 and She's like, no, just bottom yeah. line. I'm going to change my whole life yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah like, uh-huh. I've only got four bottom lines, uh-huh. you know. But, I mean, they're big. Like, no fantasy. I mean, that's like, yeah. that's a big one. Yeah, that would that would be one of mine. But she told me to move, or she told me to, but that one I just have to have the three-second rule fantasy instead of no fantasy because then I'd have to go get desire right, chip. I'd have to right, right, restart right. Yes, my exactly. sobriety. So. Yeah. That's what I mean about the how. It's like more serious than, I mean, I don't know. Maybe other people take it more Rigid. serious. Rigid. It's more yeah. rigid. Mm-hmm. So you have to do seven days of talking to your sponsor. And then once you define your bottom lines, you have 30 days of questions you have to answer. Um, and then once you get to step four, it, take, it took me like four months because it was a lot of questions. And, you know, you go over your sex inventory, your fear inventory, 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 inventory. All kinds of and questions. it's all forms, and you write these, and then yeah, read them, and share yeah. them with your. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right. So the first thirty days, you talk every day. After the after thirty days, that's step one, two, and three, and then you move on to step four. Now that took me like a year, and there's no dating until you finish your dating plan, and that doesn't happen until after step nine. When you get to step ten, when you do the maintenance steps, or the last three steps, so. 
I guess I just got to a point where I was willing, and I also um, like that there's a requirement of three calls a day, no matter what, if you're in pain or if you're not. Three you know, calls. Like a recovery call. To? To people in the program. Okay. And they're timed calls, so you set a timer, you know, it's either three to five minutes, you both share, you get feedback, you get off the phone. It's not like this long, let's rehash our day and become enmeshed and, you know, it's very It's not a social call. No. It's a structured... Yeah, it's yeah. a structured call and you just check in about where you are. And so that what that did for me was help me to look at my little patterns throughout the day instead of when it got out of hand, like after a week of being in a pattern or an old, you know, an old mindset... Um, I would call and oh here's what I'm doing I'm in fantasy about this guy at work who's getting who just got engaged you know and the reason I am is because whatever instead of like six months you know down the road and then I'm like stalking him or calling him or texting him or thinking that we're going to get married you know so it just kind of arrests the addiction for me that's kind of what it did for me like arrested the patterns before they got out of hand and then there's, you have to go to three meetings a week and just do all this like writing, lots of writing, the big book, you have the AA big book, Alcoholics Anonymous, you know, there's questions connected to that. And um, yeah, so I just took it really seriously. Like the first time I slipped um, was like, I, I'm not supposed to have contact with guys, any guys that I was interested in. And so I had contact with this guy on Facebook and she was like, deactivate your Facebook. I was like, okay. I did that for six months, which I was never willing to do before. So just the willingness to be, to do something different, like has helped me. Cause I knew I could do that. And then at the same time I started the program, somebody was trying to set me up with someone and I had the strength to say, I'm not dating right now. Get back to you when I'm available. Like, so those little steps have led me to where I am like now working on dating again okay so and that's like thank you for that that's very educational and um we listener we will let you know how you can find SLAA how and if you're interested in working that type of a program so did you have you sponsored women in this program as well yes I've had a few sponsees um the first seven days are really hard and a lot of um people you know they just drop off after right. seven after like whatever five or six yeah. days yeah and then when it's time to start the 30 questions they're just it's just too much because mm-hmm. that's when we're like okay so are you not going to ever have contact with this person again one day at a time are you willing to put that as a bottom line and there's just all this pushback and for me i know that when i first got in the program i think it was like six months it was sort of like what was recommended you know, no contact. And that was a lot. That was like, I can't believe I'm going to do six months. So mm-hmm. I hear you. I hear you that it can be a little bit too rigorous. But, you know, it worked for you because what mm-hmm. had been sort of like loosey-goosey, sort yeah, of like, you know, it, it, it didn't work. And if someone really wants a really structured program, I can see why that would work well. So tell us how that is benefiting you now because I know you're dating and... Mm-hmm. You seem to have some real clear boundaries with this guy that you're dating, and tell us how that you know how those two things come together. Let's so um, you know I haven't I can't say that I wrote like a very clean, clear dating plan for the next like for the first year of 
dating, but I did, you know, write some clear stuff for the first, you know, three months because that's where things don't work for me after three months. Um, so how that's translated is. What are some of the bottom lines? I mean, are oh, you like, like right now, bottom are you, lines are. Can you kiss? Or what about the physical contact or emotional or how much time oh, okay. you spend together? What's in there? So right now, my bottom lines are different because now I'm dating. So before it was like, you know, um, no dating, and then I could start dating, and then it was like, um, you know, no going to their house or whatever. And so now that's a given for me, like not um, having sex at all is a bottom line having sex at all is a bottom line I put middle line stuff as like you know kissing too much or you know stuff like that because if I put it as a bottom line then I have to go back and do slip questions that's a thing that we do also when you slip you have slip questions and so um so my bottom lines are right now are no sex um not following my plan like to the best of my ability you know like disappearing not calling people not going to meetings, just, I put all that in one, just basically abandoning everything for the mm -hmm. guy, that's like one bottom line, um, now there has been times where I'm like a little on the, on the ledge, and my sponsor, immediately I tell my sponsor what I'm doing, you know, before I'd be like a week in to whatever behavior, and then I'd be like, so has your awareness increased on mm -hmm. when you're doing that? Yes, definitely, when I'm feeling just uneasy and I'm feeling um, not centered and a bunch of anxiety and stuff. Yeah, and they call it restless, irritable, and discontent. Uh -huh. Yeah, a -A. that means I'm that. like people pleasing, the guy, you know? Mm. So for example, like the other bottom line, I, I created this just recently is texting or texting him emotional things like Hey, you know, I don't like that you said this. Can we, you know? Yes. Like texting him, like I have a thought, I have a trigger, immediately talking to him about it. Instead, I have to, the bottom line is, if I do that, I, that's acting out. So I have to call three people, pray, journal, write a four-step, do all this stuff. And then if I'm still whatever, then I can talk to him about it when I'm calm, like, and then talk to him, not text. Or when you're with him. Yeah, when I'm with him, not text it. No texting any any important conversations. conversations yeah. yeah, so that's been a big deal. And I I had like a little slip on that because, you know, the triggers come. They come. And I said, okay, let me put my, let's do slip questions. I told my sponsor, starting over. So I just reset my sobriety date from a, like a couple of weeks ago. And so that's what it looks like for me. And it... You know, not everybody's like that to that extent. And I don't, like, stand up in a physical meeting and announce it, you know. I just... Well, it's between you yeah, and Yeah, it's between sponsor. me and my sponsor. I know what I'm doing. And so it's not something to shame myself. It's just something I know that I don't want to do. And since it has become destructive in the past, that's why I put it as a bottom line. Because it is acting out for me. So and it's a recommitment to your program. To say something happened and I'm you know from this day forward I've gotten a correction and I want to implement it going forward so I can see how it can really be a positive thing. yeah and I've had sponsees before you know for me when I had to reset my sobriety date I was like devastated 
that I couldn't do it perfectly or whatever, but I did. And then I've had other people like, I want to change my sobriety. I'm like, do it, you mm-hmm. know, do it. So go ahead. What so I wanted say? to say, like, what's the, what, tell us a little bit about the motivation because you said um, in the past, like, so what is it that, that, that draw, compels you to, to stay, I'm, and I don't mean rigid because it's such a negative word for me, but just, you know, adhere to boundaries. your own, yeah. to your own boundaries. Yeah. Um, just. I guess the motivation is to just to keep my serenity because I don't I don't feel good when I'm not at peace and also just to be able to have something finally work you know and not blow it up again like in the past so would you mind telling us like a little bit about the last dating experience that sort of compelled you yeah um, and you don't have to tell everything, but I just kind of like to get some of the pain or, yeah. you know, what happened there. Well, this guy I met on a dating app, but I actually met his friend. And then his friend, this guy, found me behind the scene, Facebook or something. And, um, you know, at first I started to follow my dating plan. I'll see you, you know, next week or whatever. Then it just started to get to a mesh like he'd go on errands with me and he'd go here with me and he'd spend the night and I spent the night and then we'd drink was that you or him or both it was both like I just didn't have any um I just forgot you know forgot that I can't be a loosey goosey you know Uh I can't just do what I want and that you can't spend all this this time with them yeah I gotta have balance and I gotta get to know the person and I don't need to be spending the night and, you know, running errands with the person I just met, that's like a, more of like a, oh, I just need somebody to ride along with me or something, which, yeah, so that, and then this person didn't seem very insecure in their sexual attraction to women, I think, and this person was, um, you know, I said I wasn't going to sleep with this person, you know, until like I had a promise ring. I was trying some new modality that I learned in California, okay? Um and so he got me this ring, and I was like, okay. Well, I still wasn't ready because I just wasn't, I wasn't ready at all. And then he was like, well, I just don't think you're attracted to me. And so then I just finally just gave in. I just was like, well, and so. Take care of him. Yeah, I was fixing his feelings rather than honoring myself. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the motivation. And that wasn't very pleasant. That was bad. Just didn't make me feel very, um, very much dignity. So how did, what's, you know, what, tell us about your dating relationship now. Let's see, well, so for me it was important that I meet somebody that's same, um, same values, okay, so we both have the Christian values, um, you know, you can only take someone's word for it, right, when you first meet them, but, you know, just being able to watch and see what, you know, how this person interacts and reacts to life. And, you know, we can pray together. You know, there's not this, like, oh, I don't know, pray right now. Like, you know, so we pray, and I can be honest and set boundaries. And he shows up emotionally, like, calls, texts, shows up on time. If he's going to be late, he calls and says how many minutes he's going to be late. Just where I'm not, like, left thinking, well, I guess I'm going to get stood up. Um, And also the physical boundaries... Uh, we both agree, you know, we're not planning to have sex at all. 
Um, like unless ever. I mean, unless I mean, so we both have this conviction that we don't want to have sex unless we're married, and I know that sounds radical, but I've I've uh, had more than enough sex, and I know how to do it. So I want a mate, you know. Right. So if I give it out again, it's just going to be the same old, same old. So. So we've set up boundaries together of not being in each other's house past 11. I love that they've talked about this, you know, and that he's dialoguing with you. Yeah, he brought it up, and which was funny because I didn't want to have to bring all this stuff up. And then when we first dated, he said, "Let's, I want us to pray and give this dating relationship to God. And I was like, what? Okay. So that was very different for me, you know, somebody who wants to invite God into the process, which... I can see God working in the process. It helps, you know, to have God in the middle of it because I'll think of something and instead of trying to control it, it'll come up. He'll bring it up before I have to say anything, you know, and it'll be like, oh, I don't have to do all this work because it's like God's talking to him or there's some inspiration there that's we're on the same page. And so we're on the same page with a lot of things, you know, the physical boundaries, then I told him, you know, I'm not comfortable with you touching me underneath my clothes, even if it's just my back. And, um, well, at first I was. I was like, that's fine. It's just my back. Then I was like, I started to feel, like, angry. And I was like, why am I feeling this way? And I was like, oh, because we're not there yet. I'm not there yet. So I And said, you felt like that was a little bit of a push of an invasion, perhaps? It kind of felt invasive. But I know men are men, and they're visual and sexual, so I can't be mad at him, you know. Mm-hmm. But it was like, because that's what they do, in my opinion. They push, and mm-hmm. I have to be the brakes. Mm-hmm. They're not mm-hmm. going to be the brakes. Mm-hmm. So I said, oh, no, 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 no. And he was like, like, you know, stepped back. And I said, um, did that bother you? He goes, yes. But it's good. It's real good. It's good. I agree. You know, no one likes boundaries, but it's good. And I was like, okay, good. So Well, and you said it, like, pretty quickly from when it happened to when you said something about it. You know, because me, something will happen, and I've got to go talk to 14 people. <laughs> it's got to be a week. Yeah. And then uh-huh. I can go back, you know? Yeah. And it, that time from when it happened and you knew this doesn't feel right before you vocalized it and set that boundary was pretty instantaneous, right? It, you know, it happened once, and, I mean, it wasn't instantaneous. It was, like, a week went by. Yeah. And we talked about... Um, no laying on the couch no um, you know major kissing or anything and I'm really not a fan of being at each other's houses unless you know we're very clear and we're clear now so you know it's just kind of lazy to just sit around the house so I've you know I've created a list of things to do and there's plenty to do outside the house and you know one thing that we do is go to like Starbucks or a coffee shop and just sit there and kind of hold hands instead of in a private area so now we're all in public and no one cares no one's looking it's not like we're doing anything crazy but it's like there's that uh, security you know so what is the purpose from your standpoint of this part of the relationship of this dating that you're doing why not the touching and the kissing and the laying on the couch what's the purpose of all of that well it just uh, it just makes me feel like I'm being objectified and sexualized, and it doesn't make me feel good. I want to be known from the inside out, not the outside in. So I feel like I have to teach this person how to how to uh, connect with me. 
And so by doing by by other not, activities, yeah. you guys are talking about things I would have never talked about with um, other guys. You know, like tell me about your childhood. You know how you know this and that. How, do you like Christmas? Do you like you're, yeah? You're building a very deep and authentic friendship with this other human. Yeah, And I think that for me, I can see that the purpose for me for doing that, because I'm loving everything you're hearing, is that, you know, as you're developing this deep friendship and I think high personal regard for this person, if there was something that came up that was a non-negotiable, which you knew, I can't go forward with that relationship, you're still in a safe enough place mm-hmm. where you can detach without being wrecked. Yeah, I wouldn't be... A wreck. I would be sad, and it would be disappointing, but I could leave with dignity instead of shame. And I don't like to feel shame and guilt and regret. That's not a good feeling. Right, from like the stalking or the texting or the burning up their yeah. phone or whatever. You're... And we've had enough of that shit, right? Yes. World, we've had enough of that shit. We yeah. don't need any more of that. Oh, this is yeah. so exciting. And the thing is, um, another it thing... It is, I wanted to say when you said warm personal regard, I haven't even met this man and I love him. Like, I just, that he's so willing to show up for you this way and you know to respect your boundaries and all of those things yeah because you're worth it you are yes you i mean Mm -hmm. we all are but you know i know a little bit of your story and it's like you're kind of a catch and you know to be able to set set that and say you're gonna have to vet you yeah Uh it's just you know like your good work for you how much you love yourself Mm -hmm. Would you mind sharing a little bit about what we talked about today, the sabotage? Oh, yeah. So, um, since this is probably the first real situation I've been in, I mean, that feels more like uh, available and real. I just noticed that I was started to criticize this person. Like, oh, I don't like his eyebrows or just in your thoughts yeah in my thoughts I didn't mm-hmm. say it to him but I was started to notice I was like oh I'm not really that attracted to him and I was like weird because I am and then I noticed like I was annoyed with some things like just some stuff and I was like does this mean I'm not interested so in the past before the how program what would you have done like maybe have so oh, a sabotage. To, um, would you have said it to him or? No, I probably would have just started um, like you, hanging out with him, even if I didn't like him. Uh huh. But I feel like this is not real. It's more of a a way to sabotage. Right, because you're 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 being vulnerable yourself. You're opening yourself up right. in a way that you may not have opened yourself, and I can see that would just have me running for the hills. Yeah. So let me like let me find reasons to not like you, so yeah. I can, because that was my pattern in the past. If I could find a long list of things I hate about you, then I have a reason not to be sad. Well, that's Jerry Seinfeld. Or you like, know, he he always like would find something wrong with every woman he dated, and all of his friends were like, "What? She's wonderful. She's perfect. She has big hands. You know, or whatever." Yeah, something like that. Yeah, little things like that. I noticed that, like toenails. I'm like. Let's do something about that, you know. Yeah, or no, that's kind of a non-negotiable for me too. <laughs> yeah, like there are some things. Shoes. That, yeah, there are some things that are like, oh, it'd be better if he wore that. 
And I'm like, well, can I bring that up? Or I'm like, why not? You know, like, let's go shopping or, you know, there's certain things I can live with, you know? Yeah. So, and, and, and then, you know, you, you brought this to my attention and, um, I told you, mm-hmm. I think, you know, I gave you a list of things that it could be that you're doing and you said, yeah, it's sabotage. And then would you mind telling our, our listeners why you, you felt like you needed to sabotage? Yeah. What I happened have... before that made you feel like it was, uh, vulnerable? Um, I feel like it was, uh, fear. There's a lot of fear that came up and um, just, uh, yeah, feeling afraid of uh, abandonment and getting close. And um, So I'm going to tell them what you said to me. Is that okay? Yeah. Because she said we we went and did something together. Oh, yeah. And he was really sweet. And she was sort of reliving it and then developed these criticisms. Oh, I see. And... She told me, she said, I think, you know, it was because we went and did this activity and he was really sweet and it makes me feel really vulnerable. Yeah, like I want to push him away, which is not a conscious conscious No, 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 yeah. Yeah, none of this stuff is conscious. It's, um, yeah, it's very subconscious. So it was kind of like, who is this guy that I'm hanging out with? Like what? Who, you know, like, was this for real? You know, kind of like that feeling. So I guess I had the backlash. Like you didn't trust that. it. Like you didn't trust that this was yeah, really this happening, was happening or he's yeah. like, he's a legit good guy. Yeah, like he was showing up and we were hanging out and he wanted to be there. He wasn't like, oh, I got to go. You know, I got to work or I got to pick up my kid or my mom's calling me. I got to go pick her up from, you know, across town or some random, you know, mm-hmm. or my ex-wife. Because I used to, you know, just deal with a lot of unavailability fact that he wanted to spend the whole evening I was just like you know and today I woke up and um well I was having a moment during that and then I talked myself out of it and I could feel the shift in my body because I was saying I was um having some unworthy feelings so then I said yes you are worthy you do deserve this and I could feel it shift and I was like okay yeah I'm I'm okay this is okay I can do this you know and then today, you know, I was looking at the pictures from last night, and that's when I started the criticism. So that was probably connected, like, you know, just that feeling of, like, let me just blow this up or something, you know. Are like you afraid. critical of yourself? Yes, normally? very much. Okay. Yes, so. so it's sort of like licking over to that person, too. It comes it comes out, yeah, in yeah. multiple Right, right. But so she she reached out to me and and I gave and she asked me actually um, for a mantra, and um, you want to share what I gave you? Do you remember what it was? Uh, she goes, I need a mantra to like keep me, you know, in this in this space where yes, 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 oh yeah, it was um, for today. I'm happy with the man I'm dating. Perfect. Yeah, and and I advised. I said like um, so, you know. when you say this for today I'm happy with the man I'm dating sort of have that like remember that that secret memory you have like when he was really sweet and when he did show up and then you can repeat it over and over again because you know your body has to learn that you have to create a new pathway for that for that to show Mm -hmm. up Mm -hmm. yeah I mean um, I was uh, I was hearing 
some recovery talk about addiction to pain, like the addiction to norepinephrine, and that love equals pain. So when we don't feel pain, we don't think it's love. Right. The men who calls me pain, those are the ones that love me. Because that's the concurrent pathway mm-hmm. in our brain. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so, you know, if they're not being mean to me, then this must not be real. This must be something for someone else. Yeah. So there's so many things that um, Alice has shared that that she's done, you know, that create this, you know, sense of serenity and peace and calmness in your dating relationship. I know it's not always like that, you know, that it's mm-hmm. not perfect by any means, that you do feel triggered at times. Yes. And, but in, when you feel triggered, you do things differently, mm-hmm. right? Right. Like, you don't call him. No, that's now bottom line, and now I have to do the work on myself because whatever I'm feeling is never about him, which is very hard to believe, but it's not, which is... Right. Like, what? Yes. Well, it's like in that book, The Four Agreements, where they say, you know, don't take it personally. Right. And even if they say, even if someone says to me personally you did this and this is a mess up you know even if they say that it's still not personal it's their stuff right Mm -hmm. absolutely yeah yeah absolutely but it is hard to grasp and it is hard to Mm -hmm. like not make it about them yeah it's a practice it really is a practice yes so So, and i also love yeah the 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 bottom lines and the you know the the boundaries that you have around that and the way that you guys have dated and and um that he shows up and that you have this interaction with your sponsor where as soon as you feel like you've created a slip where you call and, and, you know, keep that, that thing going. I also know that you have another tool that you're using with another woman in the program that you guys are like sharing back and forth. Oh yeah. That's the, um, the other tool is, you know, doing the check-ins every day. I do three of those a day. And, you know, we time our check-ins, then we give each other feedback, and um, a lot of this stuff also connects to ACA, which is Adult Children of Alcoholics and Dysfunctional Families, which is the root of, in my opinion, the root of all needy love addiction type behaviors, looking for a parent right. to rescue. And one mantra that works for me with that is that this guy's not my parent, he's not my mom and dad, he's not here to rescue you or us because you know there's if you believe that you have an inner child there's you and your inner child and your inner teenager here, there might be a yeah. couple of them in there yeah, there's kind of a few personalities <laughs> yeah we gotta residing call them all in yeah. yeah so yeah that tool really is effective the daily three calls is really helpful well i just love that and uh i feel like once again, and I hope that it does continue and your growth around this continues, but if if it doesn't, then I feel like you've just gotten, you've done so much amazing research and gone out there and figured out what it is you like, what it is you want, what doesn't work for you. You're just creating like a whole new world for yourself, mm-hmm. Alice, and I just adore that. Me too. Thank you. Do you have any last words for our listeners, any things that you would offer, you know, if somebody's struggling with a dating plan or with hmm. the constant acting out or slipping? Yes. Um, 
I guess my thoughts would be to do it now or do it later because you're going to have to do it. That means face yourself and change because it will just keep happening again and again. And don't abandon yourself for a few minutes of pleasure. Absolutely. Yeah, I love that phrase. You know, uh, I put down my begging bowl for the crumbs that somebody was giving me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if a listener was wanted to find S-L-A-A, how? How would you do that? Uh, let's see. So um, if you want to send me a link, I mm-hmm. can like put the link in the yeah, podcast. Yeah, put it in, the, in, the, yeah, in there. Right, in so the we'll, we'll upload that for you while she's checking it. And I just want to thank you again for your vulnerability and your honesty and sharing with us your your path. Um, thank you. Yeah, Thanks thank you. Inspiring. Very inspiring. So I found the website. Okay, good. It's slaauk.org. Okay. Okay, great. slaa.uk. Oh, slauk. Slauk. Dot org. Slauk. .org. Okay, okay, good. Okay, okay we got it. Takes it. us eight times to get that That's one okay. right. <laughs> That's all right. If you have a question for Alice or um, for Sober Sisters Talk, you can email us at sober sisters talk at gmail.com. We have a website, www.sobersisterstalk.com. You can find us on Facebook at Sober Sisters Talk. We have a business page, all of our podcasts are listed on there. And um, if you're so inclined, we love it if you like and share. I understand if you don't share because of the anonymity. But, um, you know, you can always share it in a private message or in sober groups if you're a part of a sober group. So, but we just really appreciate you coming and sharing your experience, strength, and hope. And um, we appreciate you listening. And we will hopefully have another podcast for you next week. Thank you so much. Thank Thank you, guys. guys.